We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast channel. Excited to uh, bring you a very special event this afternoon. Our uh, teased podcast crossover event that we're doing today. Excited to be joined by several other dedicated content creators. Um, this space has really grown over the last few years, and we love doing these kind of events. Uh, other people have hosted it this year. It's our turn. So we'll start first and foremost with Alistair from Thunder Down Under, man. Thanks for joining us all the way from Australia. Happy Monday morning. What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to get the call up. I've got a, hope, hopefully a Justin Herbert-like debut in store. Uh, also hoping, hoping my boss is not watching because uh, I'm doing at work in about 30 minutes. So let's keep this one quick, boys, eh? There we go. I love yeah, Alistair, yeah. thanks for recording with us on a Sunday during the afternoon at your time, right? I appreciate yes, that. Yes, that's it. Yes. There we go. Good save. Good save. Uh, also joining us is Mr. Dan Wilkenstein from Chargers Unleashed. Dan, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. I'll try my best to have uh, Jake Hefner impressions as we go through. We can all channel inner Jake, but uh, no, thanks for having me. Love doing these. Uh, excited to get this one kicked off. Yeah, 100%. Uh, wish Jake well on his vacation as well. Uh, Kevin from Chargers Chat, man. Kevin, what's up? How are you doing today? What's up, boys? I'm excited to do this. It's been a year, a yearly affair now, so it's let's go. I'm excited to hang out with you guys. Yeah, 100%. Excited to have you as well. Mr. David Drogemeyer from Locked On Chargers, the uh, daily Locked On show. I always respect you guys because for me, doing a daily show would just be uh, not super fun all the time, especially during the offseason. So respect, my man. What's up? How you doing? Can you imagine how excited we are now that actual football is back? You think coming up with content five days a week when there is no football is easy i'm telling you it sucks it is not so we can all rejoice and sit here and enjoy the fact that we actually get real chargers football to talk about and it is definitely exciting yeah 100 exciting i know tyler and i have talked about this but uh we really appreciated eric smith this year because we would make whole episodes about his interviews with the chargers coaches percent <laughs> So good times that football is back. And uh, finally, uh, Mr. Director over there, freshly with Bleacher Report. I don't know what's going on there, but but congratulations. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, awesome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're just doing a little thing, a little thing on the side, you know, a little preseason action. We haven't taken it to the next level yet. We're still kind of talking about it, we're working things out, filling things out. But uh, good day and kia ora. Uh, we got an Aussie in the house now. You guys didn't tell yeah. me what the uh, re regulation was in here. Aussie, let's get talking a little bit about All Blacks uh, rugby and and see yeah. where the conversation takes us 
here in a few minutes. But yeah, good like, to, to Alistair will guy. miss work if you do that. He'll exit frame and he'll see like a door bust through the back of my screen here and he'll be like, what? Anyway, good to see everybody back here, man. It seems like, yeah, the yearly Avengers uh, 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 assemblage here with the Bolt fam creators. It does feel like we, we, we get a couple more faces every year, huh? It's pretty cool. It's pretty nice seeing everything grow up in here. And I see that uh, I miss the cool kid table uh, rotation being a little bit late here all in the low, slow sim here in the bottom end. But that's cool. That's fun. Uh, excited to talk football, especially after that awesome preseason game. The most entertaining yeah. preseason game I maybe have ever seen as a Chargers yeah. fan. So uh, let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's uh, jump in. Yeah, it was absolutely a ton of fun. Uh, if you're watching this, make sure and go check out everybody's uh, preseason recaps on their individual channels. Um, these guys all do great work, and uh, we are super fortunate to have them on today. So uh, we have a variety of questions that we'll dive into. Like I said, trying to be respectful of uh, everybody's time today. But we'll start with Mr. Director, man. Uh, we are three weeks through training camp. We have a preseason game. What's been the biggest takeaway for you? Uh, and then we'll go kind of around the table. Biggest takeaway from training camp thus far. <laughs> See, now I get, since I get to be asked this first, I get to take everyone else's obvious yeah. answer. <laughs> All right. And yeah, there's going to be obvious answers. Maybe this isn't the obvious answer. I don't know. For me, it really has been the night and day difference in what we're seeing in the offense. Holy guacamole, is it refreshing to finally see some points on the board? Even if it was preseason yesterday, even if, you know, the scrimmage and, you know, a camp and all that kind of stuff looks really good and it's not actual regulation football, it is such a breath of fresh air from the Lombardi days. I feel like I got, what do they call it when you come up from diving too fast? I got the spins. Now, all of a sudden, like, we're starting to recover. <laughs> you got the bins. Uh -oh. The bins, yeah, or uh -oh. whatever. And, like, now it's starting to come off of the Lombardi dink and dunk. We're really getting into the Kellen Moore. Like, it feels really efficient really creative and honestly like coming off and you know from the lombardi system it feels so much more like there's an understanding of the skill sets of individual players especially taking advantage of some of like the generational talent you're going to have in arms like justin herbert uh now seeing the speed and guys like darius davis quentin johnston it is very very exciting to think about what we're seeing now in the preseason and in camp and the potential of what we're going to see in the regular season because we know Kellen Moore is probably out there holding his cards pretty close to the vest right now. We're just getting a taste. The vanilla offense. The vanilla offense of Kellen Moore is the elite offensive elite <laughs> of a Joel Lombardi. And we're starting to kind of see that unfold right now. So very exciting stuff. The offense looking great. Yeah. I'd love I to not see watching that. Joe, but that's all right. <laughs> I don't think I hope you are that. watching Joe. I hope you are. Oh, no. No, but I think uh, I think even with just the running backs last night, you know, like a downhill vertical approach is just so much better for Isaiah Spiller and Joshua Kelly. So I think that's that's definitely spot on. We've talked a lot about Kellen Moore on this channel. I'm sure you guys have as well. Uh, Mr. David Drugmeyer, biggest takeaway from training camp thus far? I think for me, I'm going to go defense. Um, and it's just the obvious emphasis on improving the tackling. It's everybody talking about it. It's the drills that are specifically designed to improve it. It's and I think a lot of that comes from the the new, the new defensive coordinator, uh, you know, Derek Ansley. I think that's you know somebody who is really trying to make his mark. He's trying to change the tempo, trying to change the energy on the defensive side. And I think for me, as someone who has had to suffer through watching the the Chargers' really bad uh, defense and specifically run defense over the last several years. Hearing and seeing a concentrated effort and emphasis on improving the tackling for me is a very positive step, and I hope that carries through and actually makes the the change that we all hope it does this season. 
Yeah, to your point, uh, the Chargers were credited with just one missed tackle against the run last night, according to Pro Football Focus. Amen. A pretty big change from last year. (laughs) Just against the run. I think it was only two total, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Kevin, man, what's up? Uh, Biggest takeaway for you throughout training camp thus far? I think what I'm seeing the most of, which is exciting for us, and we saw it, it really manifested itself last night, was the depth. And seeing what we have in terms of this roster, I don't remember saying a, a preseason game where I was excited to watch it all the way to the third, fourth quarter. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, the way these guys are performing at the different, you know, rankings of where they are on the on the depth chart because of the scheme and because of how basic how easy it is for them to, like, keep it stream- streamlined. You don't need to be the top level athlete to execute a lot of these plays. And we saw it last night. It's just good scheme good depth and i think we're gonna have a really really exciting year this year because you know injuries happen that's just the way it is mm. and i feel a little bit more confident going into this year than i have previous years with some of those guys that can not only you know step in if somebody's out fully out but actually get a rotation going and keeping guys fresh throughout the season yeah we've obviously seen guys like john hightower emerge throughout camp elijah dotson last night yeah always time. great to see those guys shine in those moments uh, Dan Wolkenstein, you've been on the field more than uh, anybody else uh, on this group today. Um, appreciate your coverage, as always. Uh, what's been your biggest takeaway through training camp? Ooh, that's a big one. Uh, I don't want to take anyone else's since they've already done any copies. Um, I'm going to go with how spectacular this wide receiving core looks like mm-hmm. this year and how stark of a difference it is this year versus last year. Like, you remember what this offense looked like last year. Guyton's out and Keenan Mike who are kind of battling through injuries. Hightower wasn't really utilized at all. Josh Palmer was kind of the lone assassin left on this team for much of the year. And then fast forward, you add Quentin Johnson, you add Darius Davis, you add John Hightower. Jalen Guyton still is yet to be returning, but he might return soon in theory. That's essentially four new guys on this offense that didn't play last year, really. And you're seeing it out. You're seeing it out on the field. I mean, Keenan Allen looks the best he's looked in years, in my opinion, at training camp. Mike Williams doing Mike Williams thing. Quinton looks like he's the truth by far. Darius Davis, not necessarily as much on offense during camp, but you saw a little bit last night during the game. And you're seeing John Hightower emerge, where it's like they have guys that you can rotate in to where you're not nearly as worried if one guy goes down. And I think now, it's learning from their mistakes, right, Dan? I mean, it's it's seeing yeah. that they had five wide receivers last year mm-hmm. where they had to furnish guys from the XFL and and guys that they had to sign off the street to be able to catch passes from Justin Herbert. And so seeing that and acknowledging that that's a problem and making sure that they had a lot more quality depth and just a deeper rotation of wide receivers available. And, and then if you think about it, last year you were wondering, all right, can someone step up if Mike Rokina go down? And you saw Josh Palmer was the answer. And yes, he could. But that's three guys. And then now you're saying, really, the question is, after four, like who the fifth guy is who could step yeah. up? And so, like, that's an insurance policy. And just so seeing kind of the transformation of the wide receiving core and actually seeing it on the field of practice, and then you saw it yesterday at the game, that's, I think, what's gotten me most excited about, like, polar opposites from last year to this year. You said it, David. Like, they learned from their mistake. Yeah, and appreciate David for jumping in there. You guys obviously welcome to jump in anytime. Uh, you guys have some thoughts to share. You know, you mentioned the John Hightower thing, and people are kind of making the comparison, obviously, to, like, Michael Bandy and Tyron Johnson. Mm-hmm. Hightower stuff feels different to me in terms yeah, of, too. you know, he's he's working in with the first team offense. He's catching passes from Justin Herbert. It's not just like 
you know, he happens to be the the clear cut number one target for the third team offense. So and it's not all deep shots either, right? Yeah. Steven, I mean, he's getting stuff done in the red zone too. So yeah. it's not just the throw it deep and go get it. Yeah. Well, and, and it's also like he does way more production than Bandy did. Like he Bandy was utilized for like kind of like those whip routes and something five, ten yards ish. Mm-hmm. You're seeing Hightower stretch the field everywhere and yeah. coming down with it. I mean, the most touchdowns of anyone in camp by a mile. So yeah, the Hightower one's different for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll uh, wrap up this question here with Mr. Alistair. Alistair, biggest takeaway from training camp, and uh, you can mention last night too if you want. Yeah, well, you know, a couple of thousand miles away across the Pacific <laughs> Ocean, we're not quite as close as, uh, to the action as you, Dan, or the others who've been at training camp. But what is obvious to me is the team's never had such competition for spots, and mm-hmm. that breeds success. Heading, you can see it. I think two best examples. Quentin Johnston and Josh Palmer battling it out for that wide receiver three spot. You hear Josh Palmer talking about um, recently how he wakes up in the middle of the night to like practice a release to get it out of his head. (laughs) Man, that's dedication to craft. And then on the other side of the ball, everyone had assumed, you know, Asante Samuel's going to build on this campaign from last year. Wait on a second. Staley recognizes that two years in a row, the team has lost on key plays where in run defense, Asante might've missed a tackle. And he's thinking this ain't happening to me again. Now suddenly we've got some competition in there with a bigger guy like Jasir Taylor. So best teams in the league, when you're looking for teams who are gonna win a Super Bowl, that's exactly what you want. People were fighting for time on the field. And this is the best I've ever seen the Chargers roster from that perspective. Yeah, love the competition overall. And it really just breeds the best out of really the defense. And I think, my big takeaway that wasn't one of the ones you guys had is that I think Derek Ansley is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And I know he's not the defensive coordinator in terms of like calling plays, but he is the guy in charge of the entire defense and getting guys aligned and developing the DBs in particular, I think. And you just see across the board. I mean, CJ Okoye had a sack last night. These guys that are undrafted awesome. free agents and they're getting sacks. These guys that, you know, sixth round pick, seventh round pick, Dean Leonard looks great. Jaw Taylor's competing out there. Like Derek Ansley is getting the most out of these guys. And, there was one series on a Saturday that Steven and I were there where the offense was kind of clicking and, and scoring or getting big plays on the defense. And Derek Ansley, there's just a difference, I think. I wasn't on the field last year, but there's a difference in energy between Derek Ansley and Ronaldo Hill to where it just seemed like Derek Ansley, with just pure energy and, and coaching and some swear words, was able to get the most <laughs> out of his DBs. And suddenly it was, you know, Zahn had a pick. Uh, JT Woods, I think, had a couple of pass breakups. Uh, Mark Webb had a pick or whatever it was. Although he had a pick. Things are just different. I think Derek Ansley, I know he's not calling plays, but I think he's the real deal. Tyler, well, I think honestly, I'll... you're 100% right. And I think I, I was talking about this with Jake on a previous episode. It's like, you know, obviously it's Brandon Staley's defense, but it's up to Derek Ansley to translate that to the players. And I think what you're seeing is that translation happening much faster and much more immediate when something goes wrong, where Derek Ansley steps in and harps on it and gets it done. And then also rewards folks when they get it right. And so I think that translator is I think what Derek Ansley probably is his best mm-hmm. attribute, where he transfers yeah. it from Staley to the team. And that may be something that maybe Ronaldo Hill didn't do as well last year. And that may be why we saw some of the mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. Well, That's I think, a great point. To go off what you were saying, I think, you know, that these are all professional athletes. These guys are all at the top of their game. They're all the best of what we have. So getting guys to getting somebody that can motivate them at the right times and get them in the right headspace is almost sometimes more important than the play call in a certain extent. You know, mm-hmm. talking to Kyle, he coached a lot. It was all about getting them at the right time fired up or, or getting them accountable before they, he sees it becoming a problem down in the future. So uh, basically what you guys said, I, I completely agree with. 
Yeah, it's a great call. I think for me, uh, one of the things I've loved watching is just this this pass rusher depth being able to show out in specific ways. You know, at this time last year was very concerning, <laughs> the lack of edge depth uh, behind Chris Rumpf and, and what was going to happen there. And, you know, uh, Kyle Van Noy did an admirable job, uh, you know, fighting through that. But he's not really an edge rusher. Um, so this year, being able to see the step from Chris Rumpf, being able to see how Thule has come in and hit the ground. Last night, Andrew Farmer, you know, he gets three pressures, a sack, two run stops. You know, Ty Shelby had a great scrimmage. So yeah, I think Carlo just Kemp the, also played pretty well, too. Yes, Carlo Kemp, I think, led the team in pressures, according to PFF. So that's a great call out. Um, just the edge rusher depth, I think, has taken such a big step forward this year. And that was such a big problem last year, especially after Joey gets injured. So I'm excited where that group is at. And, you know, they've had some great practices and performed very well in the scrimmage last night. All right, Alistair, continuing with the positives and going from Ooh. you back on down to the director, who is your breakout candidate for the Chargers this year? So I'm going to need to choose from, I'm going to pick maybe one who won't get the attention of some others. And I'm going to say Zion, Dang Zion it. Johnson. <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, you know, he had, a, he had a quietly a very solid first season, I thought. And every now and again, you'd isolate him against Chris Jones. Okay, he'd have a bad loss. That happens, right? He's a first-year starter in the league getting his body up to up to snuff. And now next to Rayshon Slater on one side and Lindsley on the other, I'm just looking forward to seeing them cave some heads in on the defensive line on some of these running plays. So I think this could be one of those years where Zion, who's a first-round talent, I know how much a lot of you guys loved him coming out of the draft, really steps up and shows himself to be an, a very, very good starting offensive lineman. Yeah, That's love that. Pick. Brandon Thorne had him as, I think, left guard number eight in the league. I don't know how many good left guards there are in the league, but they had him in a nice tier three alongside Corey Lindsay, who was also in that same tier three. That's kind of how Brandon Thornton thinks of him. I hope he has a fantastic season. Uh, Dan, who's your guy? Oh, see, I'm so torn here. I, 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 my heart wants to go Kenneth Murray, but I think I we've, all, we've all been there before. <laughs> we've all been there before. So I'm, I'm going to let someone else take it if they want to. I'm actually going to go Isaiah Spiller. And I think cool. the reason for that is one, you saw nothing from him last year, like literally nothing from him. And so the definition of like breakout candidate, you go from nothing to, let's say he's able to get the RB2 spot. You could see some production from him. And then, you know, evident by what we saw in the first preseason game, which you couldn't really see a camp. No one could really judge what this offense is going to look like from a running game perspective. He looks like a different guy in this scheme than he did in training camp last year and during whatever snaps you saw from him last year. And the running game under Kellen Moore, you know, I think director, you talked about like the Kellen Moore effect. That is so real. And you saw it last night in the running game specifically. Eckler's going to do Eckler things. But I think Isaiah Spiller, Joshua Kelly, I think Isaiah Spiller has the most to gain in this scenario. And look, I mean, they got what? 6.9 yards per attempt on like 20 something or 30 attempts last night. They had like Mm, 214 yards rushing. That's without the 71 yard rush by Isaiah Spiller. Like this rushing game is going to be night and day different. So I, I say Isaiah Spiller is my breakout candidate. Yeah, that's a great pick. The Chargers last night against the Rams had more rushing yards by their running backs in that game than any three games combined in the preseason under Joe Lombardi. So uh, oh, significantly bro. better. That's, that's, like that's, that. that's, that's good. One. I like that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Spiller goes from 2.8 yards per carry to 5.4 in the preseason, but still looks very sure. different. Um, Kevin, wow. who's your breakout? Uh, a little different, a little, a little off to the side, a little bit. But I think coming in, this guy didn't get, wasn't guaranteed a job. And I think this is one of the positions that, like, 
brings me the most stress in the entire world and like i can't handle it but this guy what he did last season and what he's going to do this i'm giving a long build to give you the answer I like so this. Just, a long build but i think this guy allows me to like like exhale after after we score and i think that's dicker the kicker i think mm-hmm. there's like it's so going under- that way wow. honestly it's like i had no idea where you're going with that <laughs> thank you thank you thank you i, I like where we landed it. though i like i knew suspense just for what it's worth stuck yeah. the landing. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah i think honestly the amount of stress i get for extra points just being a charger fan for as long as i have and having kickers Justified. just absolutely ruin games for us seeing a guy that can do it you know what he did last year build on that and then you know when we score a touchdown i can go to the bathroom come back and feel confident that he's going to make the extra point like that's the that's the vibe i want for my kicker and i think that's what uh, dicker is going to show up for us and i just you know it's too easy on twitter to make jokes about his name and have fun with that so i got so I kevin are you th- is the kicking battle over i think so i think i think i think it's over personally well and he hit the 51 yarder as well which is one of the things i'm always paying attention to with the kickers is how, how, what's your success right at, uh at you know after 50 50 yards because you know we've seen how many times that can win or lose a football game for you so that coupled with the contract situation i know it's probably minimal but i mean he hopkins hasn't been available and then unfortunately availability is one of the best abilities and right now it just seems like dicker's pulling away I think he has the opportunity to be the biggest brick out of everybody in in a, in a way. If he's consistent, wins us games, comes out of the wire. If we're in hard fought games with the Chiefs, send him out for a fifty yarder. Let's kick it and go home. Yeah, Cameron Dicker's the first kicker, and I guess Hopkins as well. That makes me feel like I'll live long enough to see thirty. Yeah, um, <laughs> Hopkins was such a breath air, uh, fresh of uh, hello, a breath of fresh air. Excuse me. Yeah. After the, the whole like Vizcaino sure. stuff too, oh, where yeah. like yeah. Yeah. when Hopkins came over, it was like, okay, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, we just went through yeah. so many kickers for so long. It just kind of feels like a guy that we just accidentally landed on, and he's he's doing he's doing what we need. Yep. Yeah. All right, so, and Dave, that's last. We'll talk about kickers for a little while. So I'll, I'll leave it. At that. <laughs> yeah, that was the quota. We we, that, yeah. we reached our two. We we, ma- we maxed yeah. out on kicker. Yeah. Okay, David, you're up. All right, let's bring it back to something a little more exciting. Uh, oh. But uh, the, the Chargers' oh, wide receiver dear. room is extremely talented. There is only one football to go around. They are going to throw it deep, and when they do throw it deep, there's going to be one guy that's going to benefit more than anybody else, and nobody's talking about him, and it's Gerald Everett. Mm. Gerald Everett is going to eat underneath all year long because the chargers are going to open things up they're going to spread things out they're going to make everybody defend every inch of grass and when they do go deep gerald everett a guy who is physical with the football loves yards after contact loves to initiate contact he is going to just destroy the middle of the football field because they're going to have to worry about all those other weapons that the chargers have at their disposal so gerald everett i think is going to be a breakout year for him this year yeah, I, I love that. It felt like so many times last year, Gerald Everett was in some games the focal point against the yeah. Jaguars. You see, he was a focal point, and look what he can do. In other games, yeah. just forgot about him. And I just feel like having him at least be a consistent presence. Sure, not a hundred yards a game, but fifty yards a game, a red zone threat will be huge for this team. All right, director, close us out. Oh my God, there's still so many on the table. I'm like excited, it's to crazy. See come into this it's a good season, team. like just yeah. to to testament the special teams, which as Chargers fans for so long, I'm sure you guys have seen. That unit cost us a lot of games, maybe even championship opportunities. That's pretty huge. I think Darius Davis is going to be fantastic this year. Mm-hmm. Had a big you know, feeling about him. But I think realistically, in terms of opportunity, 
Um, I, I really have to throw Quinton Johnston's name out there. I know it feels a little bit obvious, but you know, having won the starting role already, it does feel like there's some competition between him and, and uh, Palmer. I think we're going to see more of uh, both of them than we than we think. But even despite maybe a little bit of hesitance from the Bolt fam last night because of the drops and stuff like that, those are things that we kind of expected. You know, having him come out of TCU, things that part of his rookie game that he's going to have to shake coming into the pros. But the fact of the matter is he's coming into a Kellen Moore offense, which honestly is going to be huge with a Justin Herbert paired with him. I think that's something we also have to throw in there. We haven't seen him with Justin Herbert in a live game environment yet. I think it's almost impossible to think that he's not going to come out of this season a success. And it kind of def it mm -hmm. depends on your definition of success for a rookie receiver. You know, 700, 800 yards, that could be a success. If he's involved in the Chargers winning more football games, which I think he's going to be because of how involved he is as a whole in the passing game. We just saw him, you know, catch a touchdown in the slot last night. I think there's definitely a lot of hope for him to be a huge highlight for the team going forward. So Quentin Johnston, he's got some room to grow. But I think that we're going to see a lot of ways that he, the Chargers can utilize him to win more football games. He's another tool for Justin Herbert. He's got speed. He's got size. And it looks like uh, Kellen Moore is not afraid to throw him out there with uh, different looks. Mm -hmm. be, be a bit more creative with him than we all thought. Yeah, I want to highlight one thing that Alistair actually said in response to um, Quentin Johnston's touchdown. And it's after having a little bit of a shaky start, you know, the, the coaching staff puts him in an, a position to go get a touchdown and really kind of finish his night off on a positive note. And, you know, I think that speaks to some growth. Alistair, I thought that was a, a fantastic point, and I think it is going to help his confidence uh, as he goes throughout this preseason. Good coaching, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. empathetic stuff, I thought. And look, Jack might have tweeted that one, so I'll give my colleague, my co-host a shout out. <laughs> um, but, but that's it. Like, it, it, you look at it both ends, and the, as the director said, or I might go a totally approach, Mr. Director, sir. Um, <laughs> as he said, like... People were a bit concerned about Q QJ's drop rate at college, and there was a lot of gotcha tweets just because he'd caught a few in his hands at training camp. Maybe just we calm down on the training camp snaps and realize it's a real thing in games. It's something he's going to have to work through. That's fine. Every player's mm -hmm. got you know strengths and areas of focus, but it's that empathy in the coaching staff realizing he's had three drops to start this game. I thought he was going to yeah. be out for the rest of the game, and then, okay, we've got an opportunity to get him a target in the red zone. Let's go. Touchdown. Now he's feeling good about himself. Very smart from the coaches involved. And the footwork yeah, on that touchdown was incredible, by the Ooh, way. Very nice. Even yeah. with uh, shoelaces not tied, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's maybe not do that part again. As <laughs> yeah. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> also, accept your honor and your majesty. No, okay. No. <laughs> your highness. There you go. Well, and Zant, um, too, guys. Like, just, just to put a bow on it, I mean, you have to throw Zant sure. out there. I mean, it seems like he has been challenged by, uh, you know, the Jazir Taylor out there in, in the slot in the star position. And uh, I mean, by all accounts, he's responded to that challenge. I mean, he didn't even play. They did not dress him last night. So it seems like, you know, they have bigger plans for him, but I feel like, you know, after that playoff game, that performance, how he's performed so far here in training camp, he definitely could be a guy that could break out this year. I think there's a lot of choices that you could choose from in the secondary. I, I think my pick for this would honestly be Michael Davis. Um, I think we all respect like how good he was last year, so, but there's really like not a lot of national buzz around him. You know, the, the film nerds love him because of what you know he's able to do on that side of the ball. But, you know, he was right there with James Bradbury and Sauce Gardner with forcing completion percentage. I think he's due for some uh, positive regression from an interception standpoint. We've seen him that be a little bit uh, happening a little bit at training camp. So I, I would pick Michael Davis, but. I mean, you could go with Asante. You could go with Alohi. I don't know if Tyler's going to go with Alohi. 
Like, I, I think there's a lot of good options there uh, for breakout player. But Tyler, uh, do you want to give yours here? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go Alohi Gilman. It's really cool to see a player basically written off as a special teamer who they've been trying to honestly replace this whole time. JT Woods, Mark Webb. He's never been the safety that they wanted. And yet here he is as their starter. Now you see signs in camp. You know, Alohi crew is a new thing. And he's just continued along the way to be a consistent guy. Is he going to break out in terms of all pro Pro Bowl? Probably not. That'd be amazing. But I, I'm not really going to put that on him. But I do think he's going to break out in terms of being seen as one of the better safeties um, and certainly opposite Derwin James. Is his job you know, as difficult as Derwin James? No. But he's going to do enough to allow Derwin James to do his thing and just be a consistent presence for this team. They've been searching for this. And it's, it's kind of funny that after all these years, it's, it's maybe been a Lohi Gilman all along. Yeah, you invest all these, you know, premium picks, and it turns out to be the sixth rounder who is just going to be a special teams player for you from Notre Dame. It's like a rom com plot. It's incredible. Like all, <laughs> these, all these guys could have been taken, but no, it's it's a Lohi Gilman. Which one is it, Dan? <laughs> I don't know. I'm terrible with rom coms. There's got to be a plot somewhere, right? Yeah, he's not he's not the safety we need. He's the safety we deserve, and we, yeah. we want. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So that was a great transition, Dan. Without you even knowing about it. Um, We're going to touch on favorite storylines for this season. Obviously, last year we had. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quite a few positives, definitely some negatives, but, you know, it it happens every year. Somebody surprises us. You know, there's a, a breakout that maybe we're not even talking about. You know, Dicker the kicker comes in midway and becomes the, the kicker of the future. All that stuff. There's a lot of positivity with, with all that. Uh, so, Director, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, what's your favorite storyline heading into this season? Uh, maybe I won't take the super obvious one this time. I think we're, we're 2-0 and so far there. So, um, <laughs> I think one that I have been very much so interested in watching this season. I think a lot of, you know, fans... As the years go on, they kind of understand to pay attention to this group of players. I really like what I'm seeing out of the year two guys this mm. year. I think a lot of players, you know, they come in the rookie season. There's a lot of expectations from the fandom, from everybody, from me, you know, and then they just don't get as much opportunity because they're being eased into the league. Now the opportunity is starting to arise. And we're seeing a lot of improvement from a lot of guys, you know, Zion Johnson, of course. But I love the DBs that were picked up late, too. I think they're starting to show you know, drastic signs of improvement. I think JT Woods, who again had a boneheaded move last night, I want to smack him upside the head. But at the same time, I saw some good things last night from him as well. I feel like one of the biggest <laughs> things that he struggled with has been uh, positioning and play rack and and uh, um, coverage, basically. And I feel like he definitely has shown a lot of improvement there. 
something that the Chargers certainly have been pretty good with over the last couple of seasons, I would say, is getting those players involved in their second year and then really kind of picking out, okay, these are the guys that are developing. Let's get them more work. And I'm seeing that with a lot of guys this season. So guys, you know, Zion Johnson, uh, Jasir Taylor, JT Woods, even Dean Leonard, you know, on special teams late last season, these guys are really starting to come into their own. And then now, of course, Isaiah Spiller, it feels good. It feels good to see the year two players finally start to see that upside translate on the field. Dean Leonard looked really good at camp, by the he way. He does. He's big, man. He's, He's big. Fast, He's fast, too. Jeez. Yeah. Keenan said, yeah. like, a 4-2-4-3 guy. Yeah. yeah. Derwin said he was the fastest like, on the team. Mm-hmm. And that well, includes Darius Davis. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was just defense only. But <laughs> that's why I, I like the picks all of a sudden. You talk all about, you know, in the draft, like, you got to coach these guys with the intangibles at the end. You know, the speed, the, the size. If you can coach them up. Finally, we're starting to see that coaching up become a thing let's yes let's see the yeah. coverage ability start to improve let's see the tackling start to improve and then all of a sudden you got an asset yeah 100 i think that's a great point the the coach the player development in general has gotten significantly better under brandon staley in my opinion um david Drogamar, favorite storyline heading into the 2023 season yeah i mean i think this one might be a little more obvious but uh i, I can't help myself and and I, it's that Justin Herbert's going to put it all together this year. I feel like every single thing around him is in the right spot. I feel like the offensive line is where it needs to be. It has continuity there. They're together for the next three years under contract. The weapons at the disposal, at wide receiver, at tight end, at running back, everywhere you look. And also, now you have the right guy calling the plays and pulling the strings and orchestrating it the way it should. And I feel like Justin Herbert is back healthy. I feel like all of the things he showed last year mixed with the ability to run the football and to be able to show to showcase his athleticism. I think Justin Herbert is going to light the league on fire this year. I feel like there is a real opportunity and real chance for him to have an MVP type campaign in 2023. Yeah. I mean, you have messaged back and forth a lot, you know, about uh, the people forgetting about the rib injury and the shoulder injury and, you know, it's, it, crazy. it's just the health is going to be such a big thing for him. And I think, yeah, you know, people are going to remember real quick what Justin Herbert can do. Uh, Kevin, favorite storyline heading into the season? Just to go off what, what David was saying, I think it's the, the one two punch of Kellen Moore making the call and Justin running the play. I think that's the easy one to go with just because you see what you saw what happened last night. It's the first preseason game where he's calling the plays. And man, was it way more fun to be a Charger fan watching that type of play calling. I'm not even kidding. It's like he's a stick at quarterback. Yeah, he, he's, he's a stick. So, man, look good. Somebody might pick him up. So, like, honestly, like he looked amazing if that became like a trade opportunity with what he did last night. And he's been that guy. It's the scheme and the play calling that is just so drastically different. And and I think we're gonna grow into that more. And we didn't even see our top guys. We got excited with what you said, Dan. Like our second stringers. Like that was fun. So when you get our our premier players out there with these same same kind of play calls, which vanilla as it was, was still exciting. I think that's the biggest storyline that's gonna affect all these players and could affect the MVP season of Justin Herbert. Can affect you know Keenan Allen's having a, one of his best seasons. Like all these different storylines. It kind of comes down to the new guy and. You know, if, if he shows up to school and is ready to go, you know, shows up to school. I like that as we all. Uh, get yeah, ready teachers. To... I had to throw it in for the teachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, Dan, favorite storyline heading into the season. Oh, man. If this is a video game, I'm going Red Dead Redemption. And I think this is redemption season for so many guys. And I'm mm-hmm. here for it. Let me tell you. I mean, up and down the roster, coaching staff, you go know, from Kellen Moore and the talk that was had of him in Dallas before he was kind of let go. 
Uh, Justin Herbert, you were just talking about people kind of writing him off. Braden Staley, a lot of talk about him being on the hot seat. Joey Bosa with the way that his season ended and the way that he was kind of out most of the season last year. JC Jackson's redemption season finally maybe mm. coming to fruition now, getting back. K9, I haven't really talked about Kenneth Murray much. What he potentially could look like next to Eric Kendricks. Keenan Allen, Tom Telesco even. I mean, it goes up and down the entire team. But the amount of guys that like their necks are on the line this year mm-hmm. and the bad taste in their mouth from a year ago, whether it was personal, team, you name it. Redemption season, I think, is a storyline that I'm kind of just waiting to erupt. And look, I'll buy Game Pass for that every week. <laughs> that is oh, such man. a good answer, Dan. Dan, like, I'm going to jump the narrative. This is this is it. The bounce back. I love that. Well, there's this, there's such a, a difference in the way people are, and maybe even fans are viewing the Chargers. It feels like every year. And look, we've had Rivers, we've had Herbert, you know, for the last whatever number of years. So sure, you're always excited about them, but media is kind of over the Chargers at this point. The whole, you know, oh, they're they could win the Super Bowl. Oh, they're contenders. Most of the media doesn't really care anymore. It's back to kind of a prove it mode and it is kind of like that for me as well but same you know a lot of chargers players and these coaches you know i think the defense they, they have the most money spent on their starters mm-hmm. uh in the league and yet only one player last year made the, the top five i think that was derwin james in those espn rankings so many guys on defense need to reestablish themselves as being that top guy whether it's you know joey bosa or just brandon staley as a coach so yeah i don't think I understand why the media isn't really taking the Chargers as seriously. I completely understand that. But I think that also does something for the Chargers because they are really the underdog at this point in some respects, um, which they weren't really before when they were more the favorite. All right, Alistair, I know you uh, got ahead soon, so I'll I'll let you answer this. And then uh, also, if you want to jump into the next question, next question being uh, games that you are most excited and concerned about. Okay. I would just build on what my good buddy Dan said before, because I, but I'll narrow it as well, because I'm one of those big hashtag brand and believers out there. I'm loud and proud <laughs> about it, and goodness gracious, it attracts some anger on Twitter sometimes. Nice. That's okay. But uh, like to me, this is this real, like Brandon Staley revenge tour mode. Two years ago, he's this genius defensive savant, hot kid, number one defense, so excited. Everyone wants him. Fast forward two years later and we've had some tragic playoff losses. Uh, Sorry, one massive tragic playoff loss. Looking around at you guys, we've got a few people who have a really nice beard going on, some nice growth, and I'm seeing the same thing from Brandon Staley. He's pissed. This is like Keanu Reeves, John Wick stuff. (laughs) He just wants to come out there and blow everybody up. And you can see he's got this quiet confidence in what he does. And he wants to show everyone that this year the team's going to go really deep. And best chance yet, I think, for a deep playoff berth. So that's that's my favorite storyline I'm going to be watching. Quick on games I'm excited and not so excited about. Dolphins, for me, is like that, that first game of the year. There are so many storylines associated with it. You know, you've got Fangio, uh, you know, protege, mentor, that kind of thing with Brandon Staley. Other side of the ball, Mike McDaniel. He's going to want some revenge after what the Chargers defense did to his wonder kid offense last season. Yeah. And they've just got some really good coaches on their, on their team, good players. And of course the two Herbert debate is loud on Twitter all the time. So that's the one I'm looking forward to watching and really getting stuck into the season. Hey, Ronaldo Hill versus Derek Ansley. Lest we forget. Right. Um, and, and then like concerning, I'm going to say a sneaky one of the Ravens, 
There's something mm-hmm. about that franchise. They're just so well drilled and coached and they obliterated the Chargers in 2021 in that game um, at M&T Bank Stadium. So, yes, like people are sleeping on that, that, you know, maybe the Ravens at SoFi, the Chargers should have that game, but I never take them lightly and that's, that's a concerning one for me. All right, Ty, you want to take us forward? <laughs> Sorry, you... is that why we're alone down here? I'm starting to realize that. Look at all these epic beards above. That was just now thrown in my face. I thank you, Alistair. Thank you. I see it. I see it now. Okay, okay, so we're now going to the next question, even though Alistair got us through the next question. So I guess I'll ask the next question. Uh, Dan Walkenstein, game you're most excited about, game you're most concerned about. Uh, um, I don't want to do any repeats, so I'm not going to say the Dolphins game, which that one I think is a big one. But equally as exciting, you know, you could say the Chiefs, but that's every year. I'm going to go with the Bills. I think that mm-hmm. Bills game in December, I think is going to be lights out and there could be so many things um on the line for that we're talking like playoff berths we're talking seating we're talking like legacy for some of these players that that should be a great one uh i think that environment prime time is going to be absolutely electric and one that i'm maybe the one that i'm concerned with and maybe this is just because i don't know but like the the jets game i think so many people are sleeping on the jets and do I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come out here and be, you know, his whatever MVP back-to-back self? I don't know. But even like an above average quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is like that team is stacked. And so when you look at that team, offense, defense, that's like a juggernaut. And if Aaron Rodgers could just be above average on that team, like, ugh, that's not fun. Yeah, that defense in particular, those guys. You want to talk about edge depth, man? Look at Jeez. that edge rusher yeah. from, on their on analytics the department. The whole D line unit altogether. <laughs> Tyler, be nice. <laughs> just kidding. Um, all right, Kevin, you're up. Uh, so this is kind of a, a personal one. Um, mm-hmm. In my house, I want to have domination over my house, and my wife is a Packer fan, so I want to. I cannot wait for that game. I love my wife. I hope going to that go? oh, we're going to try one. We're going to try and go Two. Nice. I just want to beat the shit. Forgive my language out of the Packers. I just really need that to happen just to have that. Just the power back. You know what I mean? Like it's, it only <laughs> happens every four years. And I just, it lasts for four years at my house. So that is number one Two. the one I'm worried about. Obviously is, is chiefs games, man. Like I'm going to go to the, the arrowhead game. Um, and I just not only just competing with them, but like walking out of the game, after a loss is one of the worst feelings of all these like grandmas wearing chief stuff, cussing at you and yelling at you. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. So I'm hoping to walk out of there cussing at some grandmas this time, not the other way around. Yeah. You get them, Kevin. I will. <laughs> I you will. show them. I will. I never forget. Never forget a face. Grandma Jean or whatever your name was. You were really mean to me and I'm coming at you. Kevin's got to have a jersey. says like bad grandpa on the back of it. Yes. Go rogue. <laughs> Done. Done. Hey, well, hey, those- Charger Chiefs is appointment television, guys. Like, there's no other team in the NFL that plays the Chiefs closer or tougher than the no Chargers. One. No, the one. last several games, it's been a combined of about seven points, the difference between those games. And so it's appointment television. The Chargers are right there. I f- firmly believe at full strength, the Chargers can and will beat the Chiefs. I can see it. I definitely can see it. That's definitely a game I'm always excited to watch, whether it's at Arrowhead, whether it's at SoFi, Chargers Chiefs is appointment television. I am excited for the Bills game. I think the the Bills are one of the top teams in the AFC. 
I feel like the Chargers are one of the top teams in the AFC, and I want to see that measuring stick. I want to see uh, Justin Herbert versus Josh Allen. I want to see you know those two high-powered AFC teams clash, and I want to see where the Chargers are at. I feel like that's a measuring stick game, and I feel like the Chargers can make a statement if they take that one. Nice, nice. Game I'm concerned about, the Jets game. I uh, just feel like that's a, a lot of offensive weapons, a lot of defensive talent there. I feel like they've always been a quarterback away, so they got a, a tremendous amount of talent. I think feel like that's a sneaky game that could be pretty difficult. Also, the, the Lions game, while it's on the top of my mind, that's a very physical team, and I feel like those are the type of teams that usually give the Chargers fits. Well, let's see what kind of physicality the Chargers bring to that one. All right, director, we're running out of games. Uh, are you yelling at any grandmas at any games this year? Oh, it's <laughs> come been with done me. Already. Come with no. me, director. Let's go. <laughs> games not required, both fam. Okay, we just see a grandma. Is that the Bleacher Report segment? <laughs> <laughs> You'll Breaking see news. that tonight. Um, Pitch that one in the boardroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the game I'm always most excited to see every season is the first game versus the Raiders. I like just to squish that early if we can. Yeah. Week four. Pretty early. I'm pretty excited to see what uh, the Chargers and this pass rush have uh, in store for for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but I would say personally, a game that I'm very excited to watch uh, is going to be versus the Minnesota Vikings. I love the Vikings in terms of NFC just as a viewer. I think they have some fun games. Every the NFC Chargers, year. man. Oh, my gosh. As a Chargers fan, I think we can relate a little bit, can't we, to the uh, the Minnesota Viking purple people eater fan base. Like it's it's uh there's some stories of, of tragedy out there, but yeah. either way, it's always fun. It's always a fun watch. And putting both the Chargers and the Vikings in the same place, I think we're going to be in, in a shootout with Minnesota. I think we're going to see some fun moments from Justin Jefferson, some fun moments from Justin Herbert, and a lot of points on the board. So in terms of entertainment, that's going to like one that I have circled. I'm like, oh, we're going to see like 80, 90 points that game. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and I think the, the potential for that does exist for the Bills game, too. The game that I'm most worried about, um, and it's one where I think we've seen a, some serious struggle with Justin Herbert and the recent Chargers, um, is the Ravens game. Um, I feel like the Chargers, they, they've had a hard time uh, putting the lid on pretty mobile quarterbacks for a while. I'm wondering if they're ready for Lamar Jackson, a healthy Lamar Jackson this season. Uh, as well as, you know, predominantly, they've always had a pretty good run game. And that's going to test the Chargers, you know, run defense once again this season. It just feels like the Ravens, every year, they kind of like, again, I think we can relate. You kind of look at them from the outside in the offseason. You're like, oh, my God, here come the Ravens. And then something happens. I have a feeling this season they're going to be a wrecking ball of a team. So it'll be a, definitely a challenge for the Chargers. And they finally have receivers. Yeah, like they yeah, finally, they have, finally receivers. have receivers. Devin Duvernay went from wide receiver one to wide receiver five real quick. Um, you know, I'd be remiss if I did not mention my concern for the Patriots game. Uh, yeah, playing yeah. in New England is just always it's just not a fun experience for this team. And, uh, you know, there's been some some really tough moments. And you look at that defensive roster, man. I think the offense is, is pretty trash. But like the defensive <laughs> roster over, up there in New England is is outstanding, man. I mean, they got Christian Gonzalez at 17, which still blows my mind. Uh, Keon White looks much better than I would have expected thus far. Um, so that defense, Bill Belichick, Gerard Mayo, those guys always give the Chargers some problems. And it being in New England, I think, is is definitely a concern. Yeah, I always want to beat the Patriots. Always. Yeah, still still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> been a fan for a bit. Would love to beat them. Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, oh, eight, oh, eight might have been the last time. The With Chargers uh, Matt Castle. The was that, Brady was hurt, I think, in that one. So, uh, yeah, it counts, but kind of doesn't count. Yeah, that game is in December, week 13, in Foxborough, and after you play the Ravens on primetime. So uh, that's a concerning one for sure. 
what I'm excited about and concerned about is that Cowboys game. A lot yeah. of storylines there. Kellen Moore, you know, returning and facing the Cowboys um, as the offensive coordinator. Hopefully he runs up the score. Yeah. Oh, I hope amazing. so. Yeah, I amazing. hope he gets 50-something and then McCarthy's all conservative. Um, but that game is truly, if you love watching the trenches, that's going to be one of the best ones. I mean, the Chargers, you could argue their best position group when healthy is the offensive line. Dallas Cowboys, their defensive line last year uh, generated like 201 pressures. And then this past draft, they spent a first rounder on a defensive lineman. So that defensive line is going to be, yeah, it's going to be nasty. They're fantastic. It's going to be a great game on primetime. This time yeah. around, we're going to need the addresses of the officials. I, I'm sorry. I, that game still sticks in the back of my brain a little bit. I, <laughs> talking about redemption, yeah. Dan, I can't yeah. wait to play the Cowboys this year. There will oh, be that, no that illegal formation. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I, I just can't wait to see Slater against Parsons, man, because Parsons, you know, he, he loves going up against the left tackles, man, and I respect him for it. So should be fun. All right. Uh, last question here. Uh, we'll go um, division standing. If you want to pick the Chargers to win the division, more power to you. Um, and record prediction for this for this Chargers team in 2023. Uh, director, we'll start with you there. All right. I did a video on this not too long ago, and I felt pretty good about it. I'm going to keep my answer here on the show, too. I got the Chargers at 11 and 6. Very, very tough schedule. Um, it will definitely be an uphill battle from the start, from the get-go, all the way to the end. There's a lot of competition, stiff competition, playoff-caliber teams throughout, scattered throughout the course of the entire uh, season. So the Chargers are going to be battle-tested in every phase. That being said, I think the Chargers, they do make it out second place in the AFC West, but they're going to be very well-equipped to take on some of these uh, playoff-caliber teams. And yes, in some of my predictions, the Chargers do struggle versus these playoff teams. But again, that narrative is going to build as we continue to find success in this stiffer schedule than we did last season. So I think the Chargers are going to have a really good year. And I think, again, with the talent, the narrative of redemption, the uptick in coaching, especially in that offense and defense, uh, I think the Chargers with an 11-6 record are much more dangerous this season than they would have been last season with an 11-6 record. I'm, I'm glad you – I want to jump in real quick because I'm glad you pointed that out. I think – We've been, I think Stephen and I both predicted a few months ago, like 11 and six before they got to training camp or anything. And everyone's like, well, how that's possible? Joe Lombardi's gone and they should be more healthy. Everyone should be better. But like, like you pointed out, the schedule is very, very difficult. There's a mm. big difference between 11 and six this year versus last year when they got by with, you know, against Nick Foles and Baker Mayfield and those yeah. sort of games. And I mean, they might have those games this year too, but I'm not going to predict that that's going to happen. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think fans are, Kind of losing that um, when looking at this team overall. Not every eleven and six is made equal. This well, is and the Chargers always lose game. games that they should win every single year. <laughs> oh, you've guys. been a fan before. Every <laughs> single year, and in Denver, See, you know this for well. a long time, gentlemen. A long time. So yes, I mean the Chargers are super talented. I think we can all sit here and, and agree on that. But they don't always handle their business. Hopefully, this year changes that trend. But I'm not ready to jump on board that quite yet. All right, so uh, are you in a similar boat then, Mr. David Drogemeyer? Yeah, yeah. So I've already put out a record prediction out there. I mean, when you do as many shows as we do, it's kind <laughs> of an inevitable uh, that you do that. But, yeah, I'm at 11 and 6 uh, as well. I have them going 4 and 2 in the division. Uh, I have them this year sweeping the Raiders and splitting with the Chiefs and Broncos. Same. I do feel like there is an opportunity to sweep the Broncos as well. So uh, my, my record prediction is it hinges around that. So 11 and 6, 12 and 5, I feel like is a, a possibility possibility for the chargers i want to see them take the division i'm not ready to to sit here and put 
plant my flag that they're going to do that. Capability, yes, but potential is just potential until you go out there and you produce. So we have to mm -hmm. see them go do it on the football field. Very well said there. Uh, Mr. Kevin, record prediction, and will they catch the Chiefs this year? You've asked me this in previous years, and I have the exact same answer. And let's it's hear ridiculous. it. Let's go. Hell it's yeah! Ridiculous. <laughs> let's go. And, and it Come hasn't on, happened in fifty years. Okay, <laughs> hasn't happened in fifty years. But if I don't say it and it happens, I'm going to be pissed at myself. Okay, seventeen and zero. We're doing it this year. Okay, boys, <laughs> it's going to happen. Let's go. If I, if I don't say it, if I don't put it on record now, and it does happen, I'm going to be. I won't forgive myself. So. It is what it is. I'm going into every single game just a ridiculous fan, and I think we can beat every team. So just in my mindset, what, this could be that year. And so. just like the Chargers, we've got to remember, the Chiefs' schedule, pretty stiff just this as, season mm, as well. Sure. It could be a, a split difference, you know, one win, one loss with the Chargers. That could make the difference of us overtaking the, the division. So it's, it's possible. I, I just yeah. I, I feel like we're going to have a bye. I feel like we're going to have that, a bye the first week of the – of the playoffs i just i feel good about it this year so shamelessly positive what can i say get the oh, bottles ready baby let's go oh they're ready i've had them for 20 years they're sitting over here <laughs> ready to be popped here i was thinking i was going to be the optimist over here making everybody's 11 and whatever rec predictions look sad but no i'm not uh i will say 12 and, i'm gonna go 12 and 5 i'm not going 17 and 0 uh, i think there's a couple games that are going to be kind of like linchpins for if this team is going to kind of make that deep run. Like, I think that Cowboys game is a benchmark. I think that Bills game is a benchmark. The Jets game. If they can win one game against the Chiefs, like, I think that's going to, like, go miles to kind of help this team kind of get over yeah. the hump. And also, you kind of mentioned, like, you know, David, you talked about how often the Chargers don't win games they should. I'm going with the means to regression. I'm going with, like, look, they've lost so many games that they have not supposed to lose before. Now they're going to win them. They're going to get those interceptions. They're going to get those scooping scores. They're going to get those punt and kick returns. The Give ball's it to gonna me. bounce their way this year. Not 17 and 0 bounce their way, but I'll go 12 and 5. <laughs> it's it's and gonna I happen have, again at some point, Dan. It's gonna happen. I hope I mean I hope you're right. And I'll go four and two in the division. I don't think they're gonna win the division, but four and two is a win for them. Dan, we're on the same page again, man. I've gone on our show where I predicted 12 and 5. Losses coming to the Jets, Dolphins, one to the Broncos, one to the Chiefs, and the Ravens. Uh, it will be tight for the division, but the Chiefs will win it, and it will be that Week 18 game where the Chiefs win. Oh. However, oh. don't worry, Chargers fans, because we're going to come back and beat them in the AFC title game at Arrowhead. Yeah. Book right. it in. There we go. What a way! What a way yeah, for Alistair to make his debut and also end the show. Um, we'll have our record predictions at a later time, unless Tyler. I don't know if you want to do your. Oh, uh, you can't just not do. Are y'all for real? No, no, sir. You don't have to sit here put all of us on the spot and get away. Fix it. Yeah. Go ahead, Tyler. I will not pick the Chargers to beat the Chiefs in the division. I'm just. I got to give it to the Chiefs. They did the thing last year when they won the Super Bowl, and we thought they would be the worst year for them. It turns out it was one of their best. Really unfortunate. Um, so I will maintain what I what we had before, which is 11 and six, second in the division. Um, and it really just comes down to some of those games against teams that they've struggled against. So Ravens, Patriots, those are some ones that they really need to turn around if they want to win the division. But 11 and six, and I think that's 11 and six is a good record. There's no improvement really there for them in terms of record, but they're, they'd be a much better team if they're 11 and six this year. Yeah, that's you know the key point for me as well. Is Eleven and six is I'm sticking with that prediction, but it's it's a much better team. You know, last year this team had to scrape and claw to ten wins, and it was not pretty at certain moments. You know, this is 
a team that almost lost to the Falcons at, at the very end of it after that whole situation unfolded. So this year, I think we'll feel much better. Shout out to Casper for at. that fumble. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, man, Justin Herbert <laughs> put the fear of God in that, man. That's what I like to say. <laughs> um, I, you know, I just think the team overall, it's going to be much more efficient overall. And I think, you know, Kellen Moore is going to make a big difference. I think the defense stays healthy. Joey Bosa does the thing where he stays healthy every other year and the defense is much better. And half so, the team's uh, going to be there. Like last year, the team was gone. There's so many guys help. that were on the sideline. That kind of makes a difference. Well, and this is it. This is the last chance for this iteration, for this Chargers team, yeah. like the way it's yeah. currently constructed, to go out there and do something special. Because after this year, with the restructures that they did in the offseason, this team will not be the same. There will be guys that will be gone because they have to be able to make the salary cap work. They're way over the salary cap next season. So this is it, guys. Hopefully they stay healthy and they really get to show the movie that they tried to put on last year. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully Love that. The Barbie of NFL movies uh, this year. <laughs> Barbie of NFL movies. Barbie. Oh, no. Ready on this. Oh dear. Yeah. It's All a right. rock. I want to say, come on, before I jump off and hop into my kangaroo and go off to work, <laughs> I need to get to it. I, I want to know who's got the best Aussie accent out of this group. If ever, nope, anyone wants to give it a go it. and jump nope. out there, no, nope. nope. okay. I don't know if I can give you an Aussie <laughs> accent, man, but I think I can give you a little bit of Kiwi, a little bit yeah. of. Uh, ups and downs, depending on what you're asking. But yeah, maybe up and down. Oh, he Give got it. That's good. You'll get something very genuine and in, in, uh, in authentic, maybe. Uh, very good, your director wins. There we go. There we go. All right, gentlemen, this has been awesome. Appreciate all of your time on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Chargers fans, make sure and go follow all of their shows. Subscribe, like, comment, review, all that good stuff. You know, we're so fortunate as Chargers fans to have such a great community of content creators. And we really appreciate all of you guys for jumping on today. That's going to do it for us. As always, bolt up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.